Good afternoon, everyone out there in Internet Radio Land. This is the Reverend Nick Ruby, a.k.a. Acapella Blake. Welcome to my show, Church of the Souls Evolution. I hope you've had a great week. It's a beautiful day here in San Antonio. It got cold overnight, dropped about 20 degrees. It was pretty hot yesterday, actually, and in our house, the air conditioning wasn't working. I called the air conditioning people. They sent someone over this morning, and some of our lines were frozen. It appears that we're out of Freon. So American Shield, who we've got, is going to pay like a pound of it, and we have to buy about six pounds, and so it's going to be about $800. Life throws those kinds of curveballs at you sometimes, and I guess it's okay, you know. Just got to deal with it. Yesterday, we took our little dachshund to the bed. He was coughing. He's still coughing today, and we got some medication, $650, but fortunately, I can afford it. Anyway, these things are meant to test us. It's all part of life, right? Talking to Doug before the show, and he said, uh, forget exactly something about how's life treating you. Well, life is good. That's what he said. God is good, too. Really, God is life. When you think about life, God is life. All the life here on Earth wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the creator of the universe, elsewhere around the universe, on any other one of the trillions of planets out there. We know that there is life because if it happened by accident here, it could happen by accident on any planet in the universe. Sometimes we don't know exactly what entails life of life is ambiguous that we're not familiar with, that we don't know about. Suffice it to say, the universe is teeming with life, my friends, right? Based on what I just said, logical, right? You can't deny logic. That logic is irrefutable. But we're always looking for more evidence to prove that we're not alone in the universe, right? So we're stuck in this gap, kind of like when Columbus sailed the ocean to prove that it wasn't flat, or when Copernicus said that, no, Earth is not at the center of the universe, and the whole universe doesn't revolve around the Earth. Imagine that kind of mindset back then. Not very smart, right? But they didn't know better. That was 600 years ago. And now we're stuck in this gap, not knowing if there's life out there. But there have been a lot of people that have made contact with extraterrestrials. A lot of people that have seen UFOs, flying saucers. And although they don't have concrete evidence, and they just believe them, still, we notice how their lives have changed. And that, my friends, is probably the biggest evidence that we need. We can see that for ourselves, how they've changed them. Same with people who death experiences. They were maybe an atheist. They get involved in the car crash or maybe drown, get struck by lightning, whatever, and they leave their body for a while. They see it down below and they might go through a tunnel. They might meet spiritual being, maybe God, maybe Jesus, maybe an angel, a deceased relative. They're told it's not their time. They have to go back. They go back, and all of a sudden, their life has changed. Like the near-death experience, very 
specifically of a woman by the name of Donna Rebado, R-E-B-A-D-O-W. And she is one of the smartest women I think I've ever seen and heard. She almost drowned. It was almost like a designer death where it was orchestrated every part of it by the creator so that she could tell about her story afterwards how she was there in eternity and then given a chance to come back and tell about it. She was drowned, lungs filled with water, you know, underneath the water, maybe 10, 15 feet down, lungs filled with water. She thought she was dead, but she left her body and her consciousness survived. And she said the creative universe was not a he or a she. It was not an it. It was almost like an intelligence, a consciousness, a huge, enormous electrical field of energy, omniscient, omnipotent. She said it looked like an aurora borealis, you know. And that created the universe is the creator of the universe who initiated the Big Bang way back billions of years ago. You know, that's hard to comprehend. When the universe began forming itself one source at a time. And then, when you have so many solar systems that comprises a galaxy, the galaxy then begins to form in the void of infinite space, the very concept of infinity is in but suffice it to say the void of infinite space are constantly expanding as I speak. And the universe is expanding itself until infinity for eternity. Unless something happens that I don't know about. We don't think about these things too often, do we? We're so involved with our everyday life, making money, our jobs, children. I know. I'm going to sing some songs today, like I did last week, or because. As I mentioned in the beginning, my nickname is Acapella Blake. I've been playing Acapella since 2010. When I drove to San Antonio from Alexandria, Virginia, in my 2001 Kia Sophia LS. Very good car. Lasted me, I think I had sold it. 2013, 2001, so it was over 10 years old and only had like 20,000 miles on it. I sold it to the man who sold me this house, a real estate agent. He gave it to his daughter. I drove here from Alexandria to San Antonio. It took me a couple of days, three days, I think. And I was singing acapella songs all the way here with the windows down. Fresh air, you know. 
And I kept it up for about a year, and then I started singing karaoke songs, and I learned all of these karaoke songs. And then I started learning more when I went to the Wounded Warriors on Fort Sam Houston. Once a month, I would go there and sing for the Wounded Warriors. They were coming back from Afghanistan. A lot of soldiers, all all the military. Hold on, please. One of our dogs just came in. All of our military were wounded in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I saw them there in the Warrior and Family Support Center. It was a very laid-back atmosphere. They were walking by or sitting on the couches watching TV, eating food. They served lunch usually two or three times a week. And I would go over there when they served lunch set up my equipment and sing for them. And I would sing songs that I learned for them that were about God, nature, love, dealing with the kind of issues that we have, you know, in our lives. I did that once a month for six years. And then COVID happened and I didn't go back. You the war in Afghanistan ended, and there just wasn't any soldiers there. I went there, I think it was in maybe a year after COVID began, and I wasn't hardly any soldiers there. There's still some volunteers working there, but it was one of the best things I've done in my life. I was talking with my son before the show began, and he said, Dad, tell him about Toastmasters. And... I will. I'll just give you a little bit of information about Toastmasters, also one of the best things I've done in my life. And I need it because I've always been very shy growing up in school, terribly shy, petrified, getting in front of a group of people, getting in front of a group of people. And most people feel that way. It's just a rare exception where someone is a born natural or is not afraid. You know, it might have some. You know, you've got a strong heart. I think it's reasonable to say that some people's hearts are stronger than others, right? You have some of these athletes, you know, that are just incredible human beings capable of tremendous feats of athleticism, you know? They can run fast, they're strong, they're powerful. Football players, baseball players, hockey players, you know, Incredible people. Fun to watch, too. But competition's fierce always. Anyway, I think, in my opinion, and I've mentioned this before, it's got to do with how we were raised, shall I say, or how we were, I think raised is a sufficient enough term in our mother's womb, you know, how we were developed, I think that's a better word, in our mother's womb. For the nine months we were in there, developing ourselves, you know, from when the heart first started beating to when all the bones were beginning to form in the brain, the lungs, and and all the nutrition that our mother's skin to our body was fed to us through the umbilical cord. And some people were 
better developed or some babies were better developed in the mother's womb because the mother made pay more attention to detail, was more wise about what she had. Maybe with some mothers, they used to drink alcohol and maybe smoke and possibly do drugs, you know, and then the baby was adversely affected. But life is still good. It's, you know, a baby is born into this world, then they make their way and they try to survive the best way they can. I was thinking about Happy Feet, you know, that movie where the baby's egg rolls out from underneath the father was trying to keep it warm, was exposed to the cold weather just for a little while. And because of that, the baby was not born like all the other babies were and then looked different. Right? Remember that? That's the point I was making, you know. Some people might not be fully developed, so to speak, as far as a, an optimal human being's development is concerned, if you know what I mean. But I don't know if I'm one of them. I don't know if my mother smoke when she was pregnant with me because I never asked her if she was a smoker. She used to drink a little bit. My father, my mother always told me that my father gave up alcohol about a year before she became pregnant with me. But suffice it to say, those things are in our cells, in our cellular structure, and we take it with us in our lives. It's like what I've heard called the generational curse that we have to break a drinker at one time, dabbling in all those substance abuse things, and I gave it up. Kicked the habit since 1988, kind of like becoming a vegan, too, but I felt I had to do that in 19, 1988, and then became a vegan, vegetarian first vegetarian for several months, and then vegan in September of 99. So it's going on 25 years next year. But I also donated one of my kidneys to my son back in. And it's a long story. He was born with underdeveloped kidneys. During his fetal development, there was a blockage in the ureter. My ex-wife's father had kidney disease, so maybe it's no surprise that that happened. Bryce was born with underdeveloped kidneys, and we hoped that they would grow. Right after he was born, they did what they call a philosophy, which is when they cut the skin behind the kidneys in the back to allow the urine to drain out. And not surprisingly, after three months, one of them became infected. We could, when we were changing his diapers, look in there and actually see him inside, you know, his internal workings is already on the phone. I remember we saw the kidney, but it was, I mean, you know, it allowed the urine to drain out. That slid dead. So just imagine you can look inside there and see, you know, inside the body, you know what I mean? And then that lasted 19 years, my kidney, and he got another one in 2014 from best friend's mom in Ohio. A real gift of life. For me, it was a duty as a father to 
give him one of my kidneys. And I didn't think twice about it. It was quite an adventure, actually, you know, what I went through. The pain, but also the, the as I mentioned, adventure in what it was like I do. I had changed my diet. And eventually I did. After four years, I became a vegan. And it all boils down to friends. And having two kidneys helps with the digestion. However, a person could live sufficiently well with only one kidney. That's been proven. It's science, you know. But still, if you're the person that only has one kidney compared to those that have two, then you learn to adapt. You live with yourself. You feel your body making changes. And not only do you want to ensure your longevity and do the right thing, but also you notice how your body's reacting to certain things that you eat that might have been different than before when you had two kidneys. So, you know, like eating some kinds of meat, especially meat that's not cooked properly, but it's more difficult to digest. And as I mentioned, it's all about digestion. And I've been doing okay. I'm surviving. You know, I'm 69. It's been... It'll be 25 years next year. And I don't plan on going back, but I do miss that kind of food. My stepdaughter and grandchildren, when we go out to eat, I see other people eating all that food. And and I miss it. It looks good. It smells good. But I'm doing okay as far as getting enough protein and, and the nutrition that I think my body needs. I do take vitamins once in a while. Although I haven't taken some for a while, I'm not really 100% on board with the, the uh, need to take vitamins. Anyway, so I'm aiming for my 70th birthday. And by the way, I don't judge people. They want to do whatever they want to do. God has given you free will to do what you want to do. And who am I to judge anyone if God does not judge you? I mean, he gave us all this food to eat. There's no doubt about it. Some of that food, seafood, a nice juicy steak sizzling with mushrooms on top or a roast chicken like my mother used to cook with roast potatoes or fried chicken or with lemon or orange squeezed on top or a nice piece of fish or a lobster tail or shrimp or crab legs, you know, I'm it's delicious, no doubt about it. But I've chosen to go down the road of eating only vegetable matter, if you will. And it's been okay for me. I've survived up until now. Research has proved that. Oh, what do you think? According to my research, a lot of people, most people that live to be 100 years or older are not vegetarians or vegans. Actually, from what I read, the majority of them also drink a little bit of alcohol and some even smoke. People live to be over 100 years old. And what greater test of how the body works than to live to be 100 years or older, right? Anyway, how about a song? I'm going to take a drink of water here. 
I was telling you about what my son, let me finish that up first, what my son said about Toastmasters. I've been a Toastmaster over 15 years. I started in 1998. I had a little hiatus in between there for about eight years. And I'm a member of three clubs. I'm supposed to have gone to a meeting today. This is a once in a month meeting called Cheers where they go there to drink alcohol. I don't drink. My wife doesn't drink, as I mentioned. And we're not too keen to have to drive out 20 miles on our Saturdays, our days off, and to be there with uh, some people who are of the drinking persuasion, if you know what I mean. So we'll probably quit that club, but we might go to the next meeting in November. We'll see. Anyway, we're a member of two other clubs. One club is once a week. The other one's once every two weeks. And for me, I like the ability to go there and get in front of people who are looking at you, listening, not saying anything, and give you a chance to talk about whatever you want to talk about. But those messages are structured, and they'll kind of give you a, you know, different levels. They have different pathways. I think it's a good thing for anybody. They should teach it in schools. They should have public speaking, even in kindergarten. I'm serious. First grade, for sure. Second grade. All the way through school, because you've got a lot of shy people like I was whose lives are going to be impacted negatively because they're shy and can't express themselves, and so they don't develop themselves fully and can't be the people that they want to be because they're kind of oppressed when they're not kind of forced to speak out, you know. It should be part of the curriculum where people learn to deal with that, just like riding a bike. The more you do it, the better you're going to get. And so you get people, I've seen it before, I've been there myself, all of a sudden you have to speak in front of 100 people and you're terrified, you know, and you your mind just doesn't think normally. And the words that come out aren't really what you're used to saying. And it sounds kind of unreal, surreal, you know. Imagine the better you get, and the objective is to be able to speak calmly and rationally in front of however many number of people, 100, 1,000, a million it should not be rocket science, my friend. It's all got to do with the heart and breathing. Your heart starts beating faster, right? You know that. And taking deep breaths shouldn't be rocket science, right? I mean, that's what it really amounts to, the ability to take a deep breath. I mean, how hard is that? But surprisingly, it is hard when you're in front of a group of people. But if you could just stand there, lift your arms up, so you can expand your lungs further like you do when you're running, right? And say, wait a second. Let me take a deep breath here. Oh, man, that feels good. And then you got it conquered right there. You know, don't worry about what people think. I'm trying to learn that myself. People really don't care. I mean, they're not in charge of you, you know. I mean, you're in charge of your own self, your own life. Do the right thing, and don't be afraid. Do not fear. It's like in the Bible where you see an angel. Do not fear, they say. 
or God or Jesus, do not be afraid, they said. Do not be afraid at any time, unless you're in a warlike situation. And that war going on right now in Israel, by the way, I'm not to blame for it, okay? I'm part Jewish myself. I mentioned this before. Even before I was born, World War II, World War I, all those wars in the past were going on. There is a problem in this beautiful, wonderful world that we're a part of, also known throughout the universe as the planet of sorrows, where we are at the bottom of the evolutionary ladder, a category one planet on a scale of one to nine, where in our development, there's a lot of fighting and killing and war going on. The objective, my friends, is to rise above that. When people resort to conflict and violence, it's because they don't have the intellect to resolve their differences peacefully. That's unfortunate, isn't it? Like what's going on now with Hamas in Israel. Probably the Hamas people who are killing, who killed all those innocent Israelis and have been murdering babies are probably led by people who pay the money to do that. People who, well, you know what terrorists do. They've been doing it throughout the years. They chop people's heads off. Nothing should be surprising to you. You watch the news, they won't show you some pictures because they're so worried that, that they'll show you something wrong, but you can handle anything, my friends. You can handle the truth. Because guess what? You're alive and you could die tomorrow. So why should you worry about the people that are dying over there? That's not you. We're alive now. Some people are dead. Some people who were alive last week are dead today. But then 40,000 people around the world die every day. About that number of babies are born around the world, too. Maybe not quite as much. Anyway, going back, changing the subject to Toastmasters. And by the way, don't think me being inhuman, inhumane, or not compassionate. I feel for them, especially since I'm part Jew, 8% European Jewish. I wish it wasn't going on, but I'm tired of war. Tired, dear. Tired. Tired. They don't have the intellect to resolve their differences peacefully. They should have saw that coming. That's why when we resort to a monetary system in this world to survive, the people that have money and the people that don't have money are always going to be fighting each other, right? Make sense? How would you like to not going where your next meal is coming from? You got issues. Maybe you're living in a house like I have. Air conditioner breaks down $800 come Monday. Got to take one of the pets to the vet. There's $600 right there. Got to get the car repaired. Well, that's $1,500 right there. Well, thank God they don't have to deal with that, but they have other problems in their lives, you know. Everyone needs money. And there's not enough to go around, just like love. Not enough love to go around. Reminds me of that song by Genesis. Don't you know this is a land of confusion? With too many people making too many problems and not enough love to go around. But we're doing okay. You know, 
Remember, please, the majority of people in this world are decent, generous, loving, family-oriented, kind people. It's just the small minority who are the bullies or the tyrants and dictators or killing people, the murderers, the rapists. They should be thrown to crocodiles or buried in an ant nest up to their head and their heads covered with honey. That's a slow, painful death. But would if someone who commits rape, one of the greatest crimes, I think even more terrible than murder itself, my friend. I once saved a woman from getting raped. I think I did talk about that on a previous show. It's a long story, but I won't go down that road. Suffice it to say, after that, people looked at me differently. I was in high school. It was a senior class trip. And they said, Blake, I didn't know you were that way. I risked my life. The guy punched me in the face. But I didn't give up. I told him that she was my girlfriend and we were going to get married. I told him a lie. I'm kind of ashamed to say that, but sometimes lies work. He walked away, and we swam to safety. It was dark. We swam through shark-infested water, got to the shore. They got her because he ripped her bikini off, top and bottom. They brought a towel to cover her up, a couple of towels. My um, two twins, Mexican twins who were in my class, and an English teacher, and this woman, Susan Cromlin, and then the police came. I talked with them. The next morning, they had the guy. I identified him, but we would have had to gone down to the police station to file charges, and we couldn't because the bus was leaving to go back to Guadalajara. We were in a resort called Malaque on the Mexican coast, 1973, my friend. After that, like I said, I became a hero, kind of. I guess the bottom line is, my friends, save each other. Look out for each other. You see a woman getting sexually assaulted or sexually harassed, have the courage and the bravery to do that because after all we are living in the home of the brave right anyway going back to choice master changing the subject again one of the best things that you can do for public speaking what i'm going to show right now is singing songs acapella songs remember keep your arms up so that you can Fill your lungs with air. Don't have your arms down by your side. That's not the proper way to sing. Keep your take it from me. I'm an expert. I'm an accomplished singer. Always keep your arms up. You can bring down this for an instant or for a couple of moments, but bring them back up. And you can gesture while you're singing with your arms up when you're breathing naturally. Learn yourself one song, a couple of songs, three songs. And sing in your backyard, in your patio, wherever you go where you're alone by yourself so you won't bother anybody, maybe out in the countryside. I do that sometimes. I've gone to different places on Lackland Air Force Base. I'll sing it while walking. I'll sing while walking around the rubber track myself. And why not? If I'm by myself, I wouldn't do that if someone else was there. But don't be afraid to try that. Because really, we're living in a noisy world, especially here in our house. There's jets flying overhead all the time. We're in a valley. There's cars going down the highway that sound very loud, dogs barking. Don't worry what other people will. You just want to practice a little singing, 
don't worry what they say about don't give up your daytime job. If you like singing, keep it up. It might be that they're just jealous or they don't have enough courage to try it themselves. No offense intended, but sometimes we have to look out for number one. And if you want to be successful, if you want to be painted, you need to do to become so. You're going to, like David Lee Roth said in that song, um, what was that? Um, ain't talking about love. He said, I've been to the edge. There I stood and looked down. You know, I lost a lot of friends, baby. I've got no time to mess around. So if you want it, you got to free for it. He's talking about love. Well, I don't 100% agree with that title, but you get the gist of what I was saying, right? You know, you lost a lot of friends there. Sometimes the friends that we have aren't really friends. We don't know that until they talk behind our back or do something behind our back. Unfortunate, but sad. I mean, unfortunate and sad, but true. Anyway, how about a song? I'm going to take a drink of water. Talking about courage. Here's a song called Courage My Soul. This is one of the gospel songs I know. I have sung lots of songs on my radio show. Many thanks to BBS Radio, because this is helping in my development. Tomorrow, I'll be standing up in front of a congregation at church, singing some beautiful songs, which I love. And there could be anywhere from 30 to 50, 60 people there. Not so much as before COVID when we used to have 200 people. And I love it. You know, it's one of the best things I've done in my life. And so this song is called Courage My Soul. And it's one of my favorites. Here goes. Courage my soul. Let us journey on. Though the night is dark. And I am far from home. Thanks be to God. The morning light appears. The storm is passing over. The storm is passing over. The storm is passing. Hallelujah. Courage, my soul, and let us journey on. It is dark and I am far from home. Thanks be to God the morning light appears. The storm is passing over the storm is passing over. The storm is passing over. Hallelujah. 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 The storm is passing over. The storm is passing over. The storm is passing over. Hallelujah.
Well, hallelujah. That's the greatest form of praise. Courage my soul. No gospel classics. You know what I like about gospel music, my friends? The black people were enslaved all those years ago, and they were living in a life and death situation. Most of them very severely abused by the plantation owners. Some people were whipped to within an inch of their life. Treated very badly, the women raped. Some men killed, you know, when they objected to the treatment, they were killed, um, you know. And so they lived very close in tune with God and nature. And some of the songs that they sang were very real in terms of the spirituality that they encountered, if you know what I mean. Like, for example, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot goes like this. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to take me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to take me home. My friends, in heaven there's a lot of chariots and they're usually guided or driven by angels. You forget about angels because after you were born into this planet, before you were born, you existed in a spiritual world realm with lots of angels around and once you die hopefully in that day far into the future you will see angels again it will be like a remembering my friend all of that will be a remembering brought back to you once you cross that veil that river so to speak and you're constantly this will go with you, your spiritual body, your soul is the brain of your spirit. All the spiritual development that you achieve here on planet Earth will go with you. Your body, physical body, will be left behind, and then you'll be continuing your soul's journey in that world of light up there in the sky. You know any worlds of light up there in the sky? You forget the sun in its jealous shine when we walk in fields of gold. That song by Sting? Well, I think that's the time, a perfect opportunity to sing that song right now. I'll sing it for you. That's one of my repertoire. You remember me when the west wind moves upon the fields of barley. You forget the sun in its jealous sky when we walked in fields of gold. 
So she took her love for to gaze a while on the fields of barley. In his arms she fell as her hair came down upon the fields of gold. Will you stay with me? Will you be my love on the fields of barley? We'll forget the sun in a jealous sky when we lie in fields of gold. See the west wind move like a lover's soul on the fields of barley. Feel her body rise when you kiss her mouth upon the fields of gold. I never make promises lightly, and there have been some that I've broken. But I'll swear to you in the day still left, we'll walk in fields of gold. We'll walk in fields of gold. We'll walk in fields of gold. Many years have passed since those summer days among the fields of barley. See the children run as the sun among the fields. You remember me when the west wind moves among the fields of barley. You can tell the sun in a jealous sky when we walked in fields of gold. When we walked in fields of gold. When we walked in fields of gold. I don't know if you noticed, my friends, at the beginning there, I made a small mistake, but sometimes when you're a singer, you learn when you make a small mistake, there's nothing left to do but keep on going. And you would learn that yourself. You were a singer. And you would know that. Anyway, I'm not getting paid money for doing this. But I do love to do it because I feel it's making me a better person. And as I mentioned if you want to learn public speaking, learn to sing a cappella. If you're afraid of being in front of people and talking in front of people, learn a cappella singing. If you're ever wondering that maybe someday you might be required to sing in front of a, or say a few words in front of a group of people, and you might be embarrassed afterwards or ashamed or shy and and then be recovering for that for the rest of your life because people will have already branded you, already branded you as a shy person that you don't want, right? Then learn acapella singing. Anyway, I've got a list of songs over here. There's about 150 at least. 
And I'm not ashamed to say that I'm proud of having learned that. Many thanks to the wounded warriors who got me on that path. You know, it's always about, as I mentioned, God, love, nature, issues that people go through. Here's one. It's not a very melodic one, but I'm going to sing it anyway. Let's see if I can maybe turn it into something melodic. I usually sing it with music, but now I'm really dedicated to singing a cappella music. It's called Second Chance. And don't we all need second chances sometimes? In whatever facet of our lives, whatever the circumstances, we all need a second chance. Our heart needs a second chance, my friends. It goes like this. I'll, I'll start singing it. If I don't want to continue, I'll just stop it. And it goes, I'm trying to remember. I look to the sky and everything is turning gray. All I made was one mistake. How much more do I have to take? Why can't you think it over? Why can't you forget about the past? When love makes the sound, babe, a heart needs a second chance. Don't put me down, babe. Can't you see I loved you? Since you've been gone, I've been in a trance. This heart needs a second chance. Don't say it's over. I just can't say goodbye. So this is love, standing in the pouring rain. I fooled on you, but she never meant a thing. And I know I ain't got no right to ask you to sympathize. But why can't you think it over? Why can't you forget about the past? When love makes the sound, babe, a heart needs a second chance. Don't put me down, babe. Can't you see I love you? Since you've been gone, I've been in a trance. This heart needs a second chance. Don't say it's over. I just can't say goodbye. Please forgive me and forget it. I was wrong and I admit it. Why can't we talk it over? Why can't we forget about, forget about the past? A heart needs a second chance. Anyway, that turned out pretty good. But now what kind of other song can I sing? The song, The Sun is Going Down Here. I'm trying to drink and talk at the same time. I know a good one. Billy Joel's Just the Way You Are. Let's see if I can remember all the words. Um, it's been a while since I sang this song. Let me see if I can start it off. Don't go changing. Try and please me. 
You never let me down before. Don't imagine you're too familiar and I don't see you anymore. I would not leave you in times of trouble. Never could have come this far. I took the good times. I'll take the bad times. I'll take you just the way you are. Don't go trying some new fashion. Don't change the color of your hair. You always have my unspoken passion, although I may not seem to care. I don't want clever conversation. I never could have, never want to work that out. Just want someone that I can talk to. I want you just the way you are. Need to know that you will always be the same old someone that I knew. What will it take to you believe? in me the way that I believe in you I said I love you that's forever and this I promise from the heart Mm -hmm. I couldn't love you any better I love you just the way you are, I don't want clever conversation, I never want to work that out, I just want someone that I can talk to, I want you just the way you are. Well, that's that one. How am I doing on time? So, about three minutes. Time has flown. The sun is going down. Anyway, so my friends, war. Remember that song from the 60s? What's it good for? Huh. Absolutely nothing. Say it again. War. What's it good for? Absolutely nothing. The only friend of war is the undertaker. Remember that song back in the 60s? People are getting killed. Innocent people right now. Probably as I speak. Innocent people. We, the innocent, have to pay the price for those bullies, tyrants, dictators, even though I understand where they come from. They get paid for doing what they do, probably. 
And if they didn't get paid, they wouldn't have any money to buy food, maybe give to their families. But that's no excuse, no reason. Hell is getting full of very nasty people nowadays. And believe me, some of these baby killers, there are some demons in hell, my friends. Just read the book, 23 Minutes in Hell. Terrifying. Just horrific. Blood-curdling demons, maybe about 10 feet tall, that have razor-sharp claws and teeth like Tyrannosaurus rexes that are disformed, disfigured, malformed, that have absolutely no mercy, absolutely no mercy. And their job, their only job is to tear apart spirits like those evil people, the murderous rapists. And the spirit, I don't know if you're familiar with the spirit body, but it can heal itself after it gets torn apart. When you get into that other spiritual realm, the spirit body has different kind of features, different kind of features than the material body. It could be torn apart, and you can feel the pain very real. It's very real. But then, miraculously, it'll reform itself. It's very configuring. That's why you've heard, I'm sure, people that say when they see deceased relatives in heaven that they look like they're in the age 30 mold. It's a configuring spirit. You can choose characteristics. You can even resemble somebody else from what I understand. But going back to hell, and it's a rehabilitation I'm not the kind of eternal damnation people. I don't believe in that because I personally am more forgiving and understanding. But I could debate that with anyone. I've got one minute left, my friends. Thank you for listening. Say your prayers, please, for the people over there. Regardless, they need our prayers because sometimes war comes upon us in seconds and we have to deal with it. So thank you for listening. I love you. And may the creator of the universe the wonderful creative universe. Bless us all and keep us safe and well. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.